0: Hello everybody, welcome to this extra interview segment of the Orange P1 Censored Podcast where i where I aim to interview and help educate people on the truth about money and Bitcoin. Again, I'm your host, Jameson Chan. Joining me is my special guest, Nori.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Nori Ishou. Welcome.
0: Yep, even though this is the second episode, let us begin with a round of self-introduction. Uh, Then we'll discuss, you know, about, you know, this recurring topic, what is money? Why the current financial system sucks? And finally, how Bitcoin could potentially be that solution that solves the current mess, the current shitshow that we are in right now. So I shall start off with the by saying, I'm Jameson Chan. As you know by now, one of your co-hosts for the Orange Peel Uncensored podcast. To keep the long story short, listen back to the previous uh, episode for my, full, um, for my full round of self-introduction. But to cut it short, I'm just a QA specialist and a Bitcoin investor and enthusiast. Originally from Singapore, um, I'm into Bitcoin since 2018, early 2019, and I've been since been Orange Peel. Aha, uh-huh. is the reason and the inspiration for this name of the podcast, Orange Pill. Right. Also, it's partially because of the Matrix as well, in case you didn't know. So, yeah, the long story. Sh- with the long story short, um, would like to have a round of introduction. I'll pass this. Uh, I'll pass this opportunity for the round of introductions to Nori.
1: So, I'm Nori Yuzhou, I live here in Lisbon, but I am from Hungary originally. I'm a singer-songwriter, vocal and acting coach. What else do you want to know about me, Jemson?
0: Well, much more, of course, but nah. <laughs> But I mean, for the sake of time, we could keep it short, so um, yeah. If you want to promote your your events especially with the musical and whatnot, we could promote it later towards the end mm-hmm. of the interview yeah but uh yeah just give a brief summary of you know what what works or what uh what works or what plays what shows have you done so far it could be in Hungary or it could be in Lisbon or it could be anywhere else.
1: Yeah, so I attended drama school and the second year we did a comedy together in Hungary and after that uh, tragedy. And uh, after that, you know, COVID came. So I was stuck at home and uh, I started to write some songs and um, this became my first EP. And uh, after that, I translated uh, them in English so you can find I have a youtube channel with my name and also I write theater plays with my sister and we published a theater play last year in Hungary but you know it's also for me a little strange talk about things like that in that way because uh, I'm not like um, perfect girl or or, or someone who wanna say, oh my god, I'm so good because I did this, I did that. I'm someone who tries to do some things, uh, for example, with music, uh, try to find relief and uh, connection, and uh, I love doing things like that, or I love... uh, Writing stories or or, or thinking about them. Um, As I like also, like eating or Thai and Japanese things. So, (laughs) because of that, um, uh, earlier when Someone asked about me, I all the time was very proud of that thing, that thing, etc, etc. Although I was a stage performer and uh, I was a member of that choir or something like that. But now I think that uh, I'm someone who is a human being and who likes, you know, like uh, music, stories, food. And trying uh, try to find my place here.
0: That's a very that's a very great round of self introduction, Nori. It's very brave of you to be that vulnerable in front of our in front of our audiences, and with that, you know, I salute you. Uh, fun fact, by the way, <laughs> in a much uh, less serious tone. Fun fact: I get to know Nori through the karaoke event, which I believe you guys will have known by now, uh, because Marina was was on my podcast in in this similar interview fashion um, last week. So in case you didn't know, you could just click on the link that was shared on a previous podcast, on a previous episode, if you're interested and if you're here in Lisbon. So yeah, hope to see you there and have some fun together. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you could meet some new friends as well, you know, like Nori, Marina, Alex... So anyway, uh, back to the back to the main topic of why I'm conducting this interview in the first place. So yeah, the first question on everyone's mind, the million-dollar question, Nori, is, do you know the definition of money? I mean, if you do, you can also provide your own uh, perspective of money. Yeah, what say you? <laughs>
1: It's interesting because um, at the university I learned the uh, economy or some stuff like that and uh, I knew there was a definition for money. But uh, now I don't know. It's uh, So money can be paper but it also can be a coin but it also can be just like an electric thing which doesn't exist, or something like that, for real, for you know, like a paper, and uh, it has a value. And uh, with money, so in our world, you can buy some things. But uh, earlier, like in the ancient history, people just um, I think did like all the time Bartles. So, for example, someone had food and uh, she shared this food with someone and in exchange uh, she got something else like a weapon or a massage or i don't know so money is the thing we use because it's easier somehow Uh, that's the thing came to my mind when you asked the question
0: you basically wow, you're much smarter than I actually thought. <laughs> With regards to the I don't know it's, a to
1: the... or it's something. <laughs> I must be embarrassed.
0: No, no, no. It's a, it's really a compliment because um uh you really do at least know like the basic uh definition of money. Yes, uh earlier we mentioned there is this part where you say it's something like electric because uh yeah part of the answer is actually yeah money is energy in case you didn't know energy. yeah oh. because energy you know it it cannot be created nor destroyed it, it's like you know money is like energy it, could, it cannot be created it cannot be destroyed it only could be you know circulated around in the economy so yeah like you, you hear of, you know, every day in the in the news, you know, sen- central bankers print this X amount of money. No, that's not true. They don't, they, they can't print money. They only could print the currency. Like, for example, the euro, which I'm going to take off uh, from my wallet right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this is not money. Basically, this is a currency that represents a form of money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And... What they mean in the news is that central bankers they print more of this paper, but the paper itself doesn't have value. Yeah. The only the only thing that gives it the value is money, and it and it is partially formed by energy. Uh, the other half of or the other parts that what constitutes money. Basically, they are the following properties in which I learned from another guy. He's a YouTuber, and my one of my famous uh, or one of my favorite, sorry, one of my favorite uh, financial mentors, Mister Mike Maloney. I believe you, you guys have been familiar with this name since uh, the previous episode last week. He produced this uh, TV series. Uh, TV series, yeah. He produced this TV series that's broadcaster on youtube which is called the hidden the hidden secrets of money Mm -hmm. it's a 10 part series and i urge every one of you to go check it out if you have the time so on the on already on the very first episode mike said that um, there are several properties in which you know it constitutes money basically the properties are the medium of exchange Unit of account, it's portable, it's durable, it's divisible, it's fungible. Again, I have to, you know, I have to sidetrack a little bit when whenever I say fungible, because people might think, hang on a second, is it is it a fungi? <laughs> is it is it mushrooms? No, it's not mushrooms. Mm-hmm. It it basically means that it's uh it's interchangeable. Yeah, in other words. Last but not least, it, it has it has absolutely needs to be a store of value not like this paper that i'm holding right now it totally has no value <laughs> except for the people who put their trust and beliefs in it <laughs> Yep. so uh i could go through this one by one but uh i'm just going to give you a brief summary of the of these properties that forms money so medium, medium of exchange basically what nori said earlier you could actually exchange money you know for goods and services. Because previously, in case you didn't know, we are, we were living in a barter society where, you know, let's say, um, Nori has some chickens and I have some beer, for example. Mm-hmm. I want to exchange my beer for chickens because I'm hungry. So I would trade excess beer for her excess chickens. Vice versa as well. She probably needs some beer because, you know, rearing chickens is not a very easy job even to this day so yep uh unit of account so unit of account means that you could be put into it could be accounted into you know accounting books and all it could be accounted for like it could be labelled as profits loss uh buying selling you know that sort of a thing it could be labelled accurately to represent the real value of goods portable even though the paper money you could hear the ASMR <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of shit it's kind of shit when you know it's in the form of money but um, yeah it is portable because it's easily it could be easily transported you know brought around with you credit cards as well and eventually bitcoin because you could bring it all around you because it's it, it lives in a network it's stored in the network, it lives in the network, it, it functions in the Bitcoin network. So, yeah, there's no need to carry, like, physical gold coin, bag bitcoins, whatever nonsense that was. Money also has to be durable. Like, um, it has to withstand lots of shit, like, you know, disasters, or even normal stuff, like wear and tear, rusting, insects without even losing is, it's value divisible, you know it's like, you know, it could be divided into 1, 5, 10, 2 this store of numeric values fungible, I, I've already explained it before and lastly, store of value so this important part is why uh, many, many currencies are a weak, absolutely weak form of money because starts off as a good store of value you know by the by the powers that be it could be governmental it could be uh the rulers kings or as of the more relevant times of today central bankers they're the one that that that, ascribe they're the one that prescribe value to whatever currency that we are in for example since we are living in europe both nori and i we are stuck to the euro and they prescribe, or they, they prescribe, you know, one euro is worth this much. Unfortunately, as I came back from the, uh, from a shopping trip at the supermarket at Lidl uh, earlier, my one euro can't, can't even buy shit. Can't, can't even buy jack shit. Earlier mentioned, we have already touched on barter. That was prehistory, very ancient history until as recently as like only 2005, 2600 years ago, then we humans, we humans, our ancestors, we discovered coinage and that's how we could make, you know, metals like gold, like silver into money. But then again, as you realize, if you carry a coin, especially a gold or silver coin, one coin it it may be fine, you know, it could be quite light. Sturdy, durable, and all—it meets all of the properties. But imagine carrying like hundreds, thousands of these because you're a merchant, you're a trader. You would like to—you do frequent trading, you know. There's such a thing back there as frequent trading. <laughs> yeah, and it's gonna weigh you down. No pockets, or, or no pockets. You know, of your clothes could even handle that much uh, coins. So what eventually people move on to after the. After the invention of uh, printing, the printing pass, press, and paper, is banknotes, of course. But banknotes, banknotes of um yes of the yester years of previous times, is not the same as uh, this banknote that I'm holding in my hand today. No, no, no. Back then, it's its original purpose is actually to serve to be to to serve as a form of IOU. Yeah, it's like a like a like a paper or or a contract you know of your friends writing oh i owe you this amount in substitution for the amount x amount of gold or silver that you have and if you want to redeem that paper money for gold or silver you could actually do that until like i believe the fed in at least in the US the fed stopped you know this practice 100 years ago, slightly more than 100 years ago in 1913 just as world war one was about to start and then since world war one, world war two, you know, you've been there's a huge breakthrough in technology especially with regards to e- electronics and uh, the internet and all now central bankers don't even need to physically, you know go to a printing press and print money like that, no They could just simply press a button on their computers, key it in, and within one keystroke, they could just magically create 20, 30, 40% of the current circulating supply of currency, which many people mistakenly called money, No, 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 it's currency, 40% yes, yes, you heard that right. 20, 30, 40% of um, all currency that circulated to this day is only printed out in the last two to three years because of COVID. Those are the bastards that we're going to uh, discuss about later. <laughs> yep. Which leads us to the reason why, you know, this current financial system sucks. Why does it suck? It's because, um, because of those... Cu- because of those guys, those assholes, those morons, those idiots. Like, if you actually were to again go through the, uh, if you were to actually go through the TV series by Mike Maloney, you eventually hit the episode. I believe it's episode four or five where they talk about how central bankers. Uh, what what about central bankers? What is their job? What do they do? uh the history of central banking or central banks in general and what role they, do they play in this current financial crisis aka this current shit show they're living in right now because um again like to keep it short and simple central banks they have to well basically they have two roles number one is to control inflation which is bullshit because uh they can't control inflation. Inflation, you know, it's... Inflation, it's actually affected or caused by supply and demand, not by not by central banking. That's why I call bullshit. Number two, their supposed job was actually also to control the velocity of money, which they also failed, by the way, <laughs> ever since COVID. So, yeah. That, that goes to show why... Uh, The current financial system sucks. Don't you agree, Um.
1: Well, so you gave me a lot of information. Honestly, um, there were so many new things. I just think that, uh, you know, if I'm thinking about just money, it's... uh, I can uh, say some philosophical stuff. So for example, one hand, um, it's so good if you have because it gives you like freedom. So like uh, you can travel everywhere, you can buy like uh, everything or you can handle your, I don't know health problems, etc, etc. So it really gives you freedom. But it's such a shame that uh, there are people who are totally, totally rich, but uh, most of the world, you know, people are suffering and uh, they're so poor, they don't have enough to eat or drink every day. So uh, I can't talk about details, but I just the whole system sucks because the truth is that uh, there are enough uh, food and uh, drinks and uh, everything for everyone and uh, it could be a paradise but uh, we don't uh, we don't uh, or not me because (laughs) I'm not like a rich guy or girl or something like that but uh, there are some people who have the responsibility and could make a better world, they just don't. So that's my opinion.
0: It's a really touching story (laughs) because yeah, um, you brought about, you actually talked about the humanitarian crisis. Especially, you know, with regards to people fleeing their homes, yeah. it could be for war, it could be for conflict, but it could be as simple as you know, the whole country is starving, and uh, there's so much corruption or whatever that's going on that nothing much is being done, and people are just dying by the tens, hundreds, thousands every day. So, um, yeah, really, really sad. hear that and uh, it's really really sad to hear that and uh, partially this is the reason why we are you know this is the reason why we are actually we as bitcoiners we uh, feel the the compelling need to look for a solution or to build a solution from from ground up so that's a very good segue into finding solutions one of the solutions, to fix this mess, to heal the damage done and to hopefully, hopefully, to lead us to a better future in terms of our money and our lifestyles. So yeah, um, there's a reason why Bitcoin could be potentially be one of the solutions actually, in recent history since 2008 not sure if you've been living under a rock back then but I wasn't because I was this very passionate teenager cool story, fun fun fact, cool story I was this um, young 15 year old, whoops, I think I have reviewed my age <laughs> if you count backwards I was a young 15 year old teenager who was very interested in current affairs, history especially world history, by the way, and uh, geography and whatnot. And I remember one day when I was reading, like, newspapers, because back then in school, um, they had this very special um, literacy program in which, you know, every day, was it every day or every Monday, uh, my class would have to pick up, you know, an article from a newspaper and, you know, read it. If we have the time, we will present our thoughts and our our suggestions or ideas, whatever you have learned from that article. And uh, I remember one of the headlines that I read. It was, UK Chancellor on UK Chancellor on bring on second on second bailout. That was I think in two thousand eight or two thousand nine. On brink of bailout. When I read that I was like, holy crap, is there really something wrong with our with our monetary system? Are we in a recession? No, no, seriously, legit. And that that was when as a fifteen year old I suddenly it all suddenly clicked and I realized that this world is not as what the mainstream media or whatever normal people think about or say or think about what it is (laughs) no it's way more complicated and it's the reason i could dare say that my uh, my journey to being orange pill doesn't start in 2018 starts 10 years earlier 2008, 2009 yeah so already back then when before even bitcoin was invented people already have discussed that you know what, since the current financial situation is kind of a shit show, it's 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 a clown show, it's a mess, why don't we revert back to the old system, which was um, gold-backed currencies, or currencies backed by gold, or gold itself, like the gold standard. Sounds nice and all, you know, for me, you know, saying that, oh, gold standard, wow, you know, how I wish, you know, I had a gold coin. I used to, but I sold that. But for you know it's for investment reasons, not financial advice by the way. <laughs> yeah, so um there are certainly flaws in a in a gold back system or in a gold like uh yeah precious metals slash gold standard. Because previously we believe it or not, for the past five hundred years of modern human history, we were living in a gold standard in case you didn't know but what has that resulted in? wars? colonialization? imperialism? uh, wars, civil wars, battles civil strife, unrest chaos (laughs) and then it's after one of those wars that you know eventually leaders world leaders by the way they decide you know what? This gold this gold standard they were living in... Is kind of crap. And then they replaced it with something new. Starting from the Bretton Woods Agreement... They devalued... The... Uh, the monetary supply... Uh, I mean the... Um, the link between... Um, they tried to sever the link between gold... And our paper currencies. By 1971... That... That, that clean cut is complete. That's why... Since 1971, not sure how old are you guys, but both of us, Nori and I, we were born way after after 1971. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, back then, um, already as early as back then, inflation was an issue, and we again we are nearing 1970s levels of inflation. There were gas crises back then, like we we do have today. Inflation is skyrocketing, housing is getting more expensive as well. Those of you who are older, those of the listeners who are older, you you probably might remember those very troubled times. So yeah, um, that's why you know, sorry, um, coming back to today, if you want to go back to the old gold standard. It's not possible because number one, it's not feasible. There's only certain amount or certain supply of gold that could back up the trillions, the trillions of dollars that's been printed out, you know, for the past two, three years. It's very difficult to back it up one-to-one one, one without crushing the economy. Number two, it's just going to go back to that vicious cycle that we just had 500 years ago. And it's just gonna repeat this, uh, this very sad story of human exploitation and misery that we just experienced for the past five hundred years. That all changed in a single year, starting from two thousand nine, where well, it's debatable whether or not you know Satoshi, whether or not you you from Satoshi, and whether or not he written the um, whether or not Satoshi written it it all started when Satoshi written the um, the Bitcoin white paper in 2008 or when the first Bitcoin was released or mined in 2009 either way it's around that time coincidentally during the same time when the previous financial crisis or or shall I say the current ongoing financial crisis that's been dragged on for 13-14 years already that's when bitcoin was first invented. it was first created to be this peer-to-peer form of electronic cash, electronic money that is decentralized, is permissionless, it's censorship resistant and it's also um not it's not totally reliant, it's totally decentralized from from the current financial system that we're living in right now. So despite all the all the bad news, all of the FUD, all of the bear market stories that, that, that we have, all the bear market uh, shit that we have been living through for the past one year or so, it's, it still survives. The network still survives. Yes, the monetary value, you know, in terms of dollar, in terms of the dollar value, it's, it's quite shit right now. It's uh, slightly above 25, 26,000 US dollars per Bitcoin, but, the network works, it's resilient. People could use it, people could transfer it from one region or one country of the world to the other. Like, there are cases, you know, like for for example, um, for example, you know, Ukrainian refugees, when the war started just recently, they could easily, some of them could easily just move out within days because most of their wealth is stored in Bitcoin, and then when they came to, came into the EU or to these uh, welcoming welcoming EU nations, they didn't face uh, capital restrictions. Try doing that with gold; they're going to confiscate your gold first. Try doing that with your doll, uh, with your euros; they're going to confiscate any amount that's more than ten thousand euros. Same thing for the people. Same thing for for people living in third world countries or the global south, like you know, Africa, uh Central America, Latin America, even original originally where I came from, Southeast Asia, uh not necessarily Singapore of course, but uh, surrounding the surrounding Southeast Asian nations. Increasingly people are ditching, yes, ditching. They're they they are giving up on using you know money transfer systems like moneygram or western union because the fees are fucking high and imagine your migrant worker like imagine that you know one tenth or more like 10 percent or more of your salary is being deducted stolen from you as fees transfer fees and whatever bullshit fees that that these companies add that could have been a life. that could have been life-saving money for your family back home not anymore, thanks to Bitcoin. Increasingly, more and more of them are using Bitcoin to transfer you know, their wealth, their source of wealth, their source of revenue back to their families back home just to survive. And I believe with all of those innovations that's coming up, well, it could be debatable because you know, uh, people are using ordinals for all the wrong reasons, but then again, all the nodes could be used for good. It could be developed upon. Lightning network could be could be made much better. It could be improved upon, and the um, and many many other innovations that could be brought to the Bit- Bitcoin network in multiple layers. It goes to show how robust this network is. How how well used this network is how passionate how passionate how <clears throat> um how how passionate how dedicated the developers um uh, the tech the tech guys you know those guys who did so much for the network like the miners the validators the the miners the validators. The the developers, I'm like, I'm sort of like a developer myself because I work in IT, but uh, yeah, long story short, my, uh, coding, my coding, my coding skills are shit, but I'm still learning coding each and every day. Yeah, hopefully one day to be able to contribute to this very burgeoning monetary network that could eventually benefit all of humankind. So yeah enough of my rent i believe that's the reason why long story short i believe that's the reason why bitcoin could potentially be one of the solutions that could help usher in humanity's new golden age when it comes to money and to finally be able to rid rid ourselves rid humanity of the curse of the curse of misery of the curse of um, of dependency of the curse of of suffering that we all had as ordinary human beings as a common person that we all had suffered for the past 500 years and with that i would like to end the interview <laughs> yep so um Noi, uh, since this is the end of the interview, it'd be great if you could actually um tell me, you know, what are your thoughts so far? You know, how do you find my? <laughs> how do you find your? Know, this format of the like of the interview, have you learned anything? Yet?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it's lots of information came up. So so thank you for that. You're very clever and uh, very well informed, uh, and uh, so you know a lot of things. And um, and I also loved your passion. Uh, during you you talked, uh, I I felt this 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 passionate. So thank you for being here and asking for my opinion. It was a pleasure experience.
0: that's cool so um before we end like is there any well is there any products or services or whatever courses or, or whatnot that you mm-hmm. that you would like to promote
1: yes i'm norrisia really sure, so um jameson can help you if you want to contact me because i live in lisbon i'm a vocal coach and an acting coach also and um I will have some upcoming concerts also it will be one on the 24th of June I think in the music room it will be a choir thing and uh, 15th of July there will be a musical uh, evening for for friends at one place and also uh, yeah, I just started to work uh, at a theater play, but it's like a secret now. So it will happen later. Um, mm, and I don't know how to say basking or basketing, but I do almost every day, like uh, street singing string uh, performance at Luis Camacho around one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. So you're welcome watching me. So that's it.
0: All right. Thank you guys for this segment of the podcast. That's that's the end of our interview. Hope to see you again. Or hope to be able to interview more people soon. So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Noe.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye.